Today's podcast is brought to you in part by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash profaneargument, or click the Audible link on our website, profaneargument.com. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPad, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Profane Argument Podcast for Tuesday, January 9th, 2018. My name is Ray, and along with me are... Hi, I'm Karen. I learned a new word this week, obsequious, and my name is Jared. <laughs> That's your word for the week? <laughs> Everybody was saying it. I had to look ah. it up. I was like, what does this word mean? <laughs> this is Ian. <laughs> uh, this, this week on the podcast, uh, we're going to be talking about Fire and Fury, of course, the Woo-hoo. book about the Trump... <laughs> administration by michael wolf but first uh i wanted to bring up justin scott if you remember we had him on the podcast and you know i was gonna look up and see what episode it was and i didn't manage to do that but uh maybe i'll be able to pull that up later but we had him on the podcast previously and we talked about uh activism atheism and how you can get involved in your local community and i wanted to bring him up again because In Waverly, Iowa, he has, well, he got a big victory. The new mayor of Waverly called him up and talked to him because of uh, all the noise he'd been making and said, one of my goals is to talk to Justin and see what's going on and see how we can resolve the situation. And if you remember the city council, they were praying in the the, the beginning of the city council and uh, Iowa atheists showed up and said, hey, can we make this more inclusive? Can we get everybody involved? And the previous mayor was just dead set against it, completely dismissing. But the new mayor, Dean Soch, has said that uh, they are no longer going to have prayers in front of the city council meetings. Nice. Give so, it a whole clap. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> are they doing the um, moment of silence or just doing it with it all together? Uh, you know, I might be getting it confused with another one, but I don't believe, I think they're just doing away with it altogether. Hmm. Taking religion completely out of politics. Good for them. Yeah. So when, when he talked, when he talked to Justin, basically it was brought up after a lengthy conversation, he was convinced that that was the way to go because it's not just an atheism thing. It's a, just a inclusive thing altogether. And anytime you try to have a prayer and include everyone, you're just not gonna. <laughs> like, <laughs> not everyone is going to pray the same, no matter how you do it. Right. So just don't do it. So, yeah. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I also wanted to mention, because he mentioned us when he announced it on his Facebook page. He mentioned that we uh, we were behind him on this, and mm. along with several other atheist groups. And uh, hey, thanks. Thanks for the shout out. He is the, is it at Eastern Iowa Atheist? Uh, he is at, I believe at Iowa, I I don't have Twitter in front of me, so I'm not sure, but, uh, it is the Eastern Iowa Atheist Group that he, I believe, is the president of. Again, I don't have it in front of me, but I'm pretty sure. And he is the Iowa Atheist on Twitter. Cool. Along with that, I thought I would mention another one in Salisbury, North Carolina. There is another one that, uh, ah, okay, this one is having the moment of silence. Ah. So th- that city, uh, the the city council is uh, doing away with prayer as well and replacing it with a uh, just a moment of silence. I'm which, okay with the moment of silence. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I think it's a little silly, but sure. 
Hey, listen, it, at least everybody can just do what they want. Those people can pray yeah. and the atheists can look at their phones for a couple right? of seconds. Right. Not everybody can go cold turkey. So this is North Carolina <laughs> we're talking about, right? They sure, need yeah. the nicotine patch. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. I'm on board. I have no problem with the moment of silence. It's just a little awkward is all. Unless mm. uh, atheist positive news, uh, FEMA has made the decision to... Uh, give money out to churches that were damaged by the hurricanes that have hit. And basically, moving forward at this point, churches can file to get uh, get funding to rebuild. Hmm. I, I'm guessing that these are not churches that provided, you know, safe havens and, and housing for people during or after the floods. Right. There would be no need for an exception. Churches can Churches that house people during a storm can already get FEMA aid. Hmm. So to add this means they want to go outside of those boundaries and give them special money to go along with their playground padding. Mm. Yeah, is that <laughs> so prior to this churches couldn't get FEMA money if you didn't house anybody. You just like, nope, you you're nonprofit, you don't pay taxes, you gotta get it from your church goers. I mean just like exactly. the, just like right. the government it, doesn't pay to rebuild your house, it doesn't pay to rebuild your church. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm. Mm. I don't like this. No. <laughs> no. It it is it's definitely no. All the all the places that didn't pitch in for that is again not to suggest that they're monsters and they wouldn't help out if they couldn't. But you know, like for example, New Orleans floods and people stay in the Superdome. Hmm. If people don't stay in the Superdome, Superdome don't get no money to rebuild. Sure. Football stadiums don't just get free money because they exist. Same right. thing with churches. But now we want to make an exception for things like that. Well, yeah, it says FEMA was sued by three Texas churches damaged by Harvey. They challenged the previous policy saying it explicitly denies equal access to the FEMA disaster relief grants for houses of worship solely because of their religious status. Well, what about businesses? Do businesses get FEMA relief? I mean, Do churches of Scientology get FEMA relief if there's an earthquake in L.A.? Church of Satan? I, I, I don't yeah. know. Well, again, <laughs> now this is fine, but churches also... I don't understand why churches believe they should be included in everything good and exempt from everything that they don't have an interest in. They're like, well, yeah, we want free money, but we don't have to disclose our finances. We can exclude whoever we want. We don't have to pay taxes, but you can't cut us out. We also want everything you guys get and we're special. Mm. Right. Fucking churches. So in the Huffington Post, they put up five reasons that uh, FEMA shouldn't rebuild churches. Uh, The first one being it intertwines the government and religion. So Americans will find their their pocketbooks depleted for institutions that they're not welcome to uh, partake. Uh, They're, you know, Mm. Muslims aren't going to be welcome if they go to a church. Uh, they're completely excluded, but yet their tax money is going to be paid to rebuild this church. Um, it would diminish the amount of money that FEMA can spend on rebuilding other institutions because it, there's no, there's no increase to the amount of money that FEMA is getting because they're going to be helping rebuilding the churches. Right. Special rights for religion inherently discriminates the non-religious, which kind of touched on on with the first one. Allowing this kind of uh, direct funding of religion is a solution without a problem. Mm. The churches whose buildings were damaged when they were sheltering people were able to receive government funds, like you said. Fair enough. And number five was a political grandstanding is uh, driving the change. It's not about... It's not about that this is a major problem. This is just something that Trump brought up 
and people in the GOP decided, yeah, we're going to run with this and push for it. Yeah, that was going to be my question was, I was like, is this something that churches have always been trying to get away with, but just now they're getting away with it? No, churches have plenty of money. No, I'm saying, but okay, but as we know, when you're greedy, you just don't want to pay for anything. I mean, have they been trying and getting shot down is what I'm saying, and that now in 2017, they're just like, oh, shit, they're actually listening to us and giving us these things we want. I'm not going to say that that never took place, that there was never – because some churches are not rich. There are a lot of churches that are, you know, barely scraping by and just serving the the, the parishioners. But I don't think that that's the, really the impetus for this. It was all about Trump saying that he was going to make sure that the churches could get the money. But they're really reneging on the deal. <laughs> You know, the deal was you don't pay taxes. We don't mm-hmm. we don't take taxes from you guys. And here's the things you don't get. Want to pay taxes? You can get these things. Sure. It seems fucking simple to me. <laughs> well, it's even I mean, it's even easier than that. All I have to do is is be good Christians and allow people to stay in their church in times of trouble. And then they're eligible for the aid. They just have to not be dicks. Holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> but we might have to let gay people in. <laughs> That's true. And those people will build mud and dirt and stuff. Ew. They might make us bake. They might make us bake cakes while they're waiting around for their houses to be <laughs> tried and, out. And I know this is probably easier for me to say as as an atheist, but do they not realize that these are completely non-essential structures? Like, even if I bought into what they were selling, that in that case, God is everything, and God is all around me. He doesn't need me to be in that building specifically to worship him. That is an outrageous display of vanity and shame on them for prioritizing that over other things. Like people's houses. That brings me to another thing that the fact that uh, a church is normally, well, not again, not all, but a lot of churches are highly decorative. They're very, they put a lot of money into the churches. So the amount of money that they're going to file to try and get from the government is going Mm -hmm. to be more than someone who is trying to get money to rebuild their home or whatever. Wow. It sounds to me like if all these parishioners had donated their first month's salary to God, these churches would be okay. (laughs) He would have have skipped them. (laughs) That'll play play later on in the show. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, it's the church's fault because they didn't pray hard enough. Otherwise, God would have spared their church. Clearly. So you touched on this, Ian, but when FEMA made this decision, it actually did cite the Supreme Court ruling on the Trinity Lutheran Church in uh, Missouri that you brought up. Damn it. Really? It did. Yeah. It's a fucking floodgate now. It is. So the fact that uh, the Missouri church could get money from the state to improve its playground was used as an argument for FEMA giving money to churches in the hurricanes. Oh, my God. So there you go. Yeah, absolutely. Just goddamn you hateful, short-sighted people. Mm. Well, if I vote for this Trump guy, he is going to get to change all the laws of the land and do whatever he wants for four long years, but... Fuck it. I got to get rid of the Mexicans. <laughs> He's got my vote. You pieces of shit. You mm. fucking pieces of shit. I, I got, I, I got I, my I fingers nothing crossed. nothing the worst for all of you. <laughs> I got my fingers crossed right now that I'm hoping, hoping that Mike Pence was talking to some Russians as well. Because <laughs> 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 this won't change if Pence is VP. But, well, but this think... won't change. Whatever no. you think is going to change, seven to nine opposed. That is your answer for the next 30 Ugh. years for me, Jared. Seven to nine opposed. Seven to two, seven of nine? Uh, seven, yeah. <laughs> seven, seven in favor of letting religion run everything. 
two people dissenting for at least the next couple years until Ruth passes away. (laughs) (laughs) Then then one dissenting. All right, give us a happy story, Ray. No. <laughs> I don't, no. I don't, we might get to something a little more positive in a minute. Uh, so, but I did want to uh, to mention this before we uh, we get too far down the Trump hole. Uh, although this is related to Trump, Brownback, the Kansas governor, Sam Brownback. Yeah, it has been nominated, and we I think we mentioned this previously. He was wow. nominated as the ambassador. Oh, what's the term? Ambassador at large. Ambassador at large. Yes, ambassador okay, yeah. at large for international religious freedom, which is that's a bullshit phew. position. I'm assuming. Right. It seems like that, and it seems much better because this is one that I did not get to yet. So when I saw Brownback renominated, I was like, "That guy is destroying your state. You people are just lazy. <laughs> you deserve it." Then, if you renominate him for governor. Oh yeah. But yeah. it's not for governor. Thank God. Yeah. If he's just being renominated for fake. Trump position so that he can get dragged down with the rest of those pigs when they get arrested, (laughs) then good for him. So here's the thing. The ambassador at large is actually a broader title than a normal ambassador. They're not assigned a specific country, but that means they're also not limited to interacting with a specific country. This guy could go to the UN and represent as an ambassador for any, any country that the U.S. interacts with. Now, He's specifically supposed to be going on religious freedom. But since it's the Trump administration, we we know what religious freedom (laughs) means. Right. And it's the freedom for Christians to impose their beliefs in any country that he can get his hands on. But uh, so his nomination had expired. The Senate did not get to him and it was set to expire at the end of the year. And he has been renominated. So... Uh, basically, they sent the paperwork back to the White House, and then Trump set it back down. Not really a lot of news there, but he's still not in place. Right. <laughs> the Senate had had been questioning his position, and him specifically, but uh, I don't know. Well, keep, he, he, we'll keep an eye on it. Yeah, he's the one who has a highly sketchy record on LGBT rights, so. I wouldn't even what, yeah, what a surprise. Sketchy. Right. I was yeah. going to say, that, that's super sketchy. And, well, I mean, he's, he's, uh, he's another... American hero. He's he's Trump's like microcosm for for the tax plan that they forced through. Right, like they've been running the tax plan that we are going to live nationally now in Kansas for like the last like three or four years, and they are so far beyond bankrupt. Yeah, it's horrifying. Yeah, they had to sell dildos to make ways. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) I think I heard that story on John Oliver. But and this position is is just made up out of thin air, or is this oh, something that question. other people have held before? Unknown. Probably B. There's just no reason for it to have ever been in the news before because it wasn't offered to a completely corrupt scoundrel. Okay, <laughs> I wasn't sure if like if I was president, I could just be like, hey, I'm gonna make a new position called uh, sheriff at large, and uh, <laughs> my friend Ian is now the sheriff at large, and you could just walk around from state to state busting people for crimes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, looks uh, like it goes back to 98 or ni- ni- 1999. So, yeah. really? Yeah. Clinton? <laughs> yeah, looks like it. Looks yeah, apparently the, the position was uh, formed in 1999. There has been five of them so far. Well, no, four of them. Uh, Brownback would be the fifth. I mean, it, the, it's looked for looking for nations guilty of particularly severe violations of religious freedom, like, you know, in the United States, but it'll be twisted, I'm sure. 
Yeah. Oh, for sure. I was going to say. Like turkey. (laughs) Sure. Check out turkey. (laughs) (laughs) Things are bad in turkey. All right, so the uh, that that's all I have on Brownback. The uh, the thing that Jared ended at earlier, uh, Paula White, and again I get I get a couple of his evangelicals confused. Is this the one who gave the the prayer at the inauguration? At the inauguration? Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so she is in the news again. Uh, she has continued to be his evangelical advisor in the White House. Trumps, okay, and uh, she is in the news again because she gave a speech. Do I do where where was this speech? I'm assuming it was to her parishioners. I don't recall where the speech was, but mm. she in the speech she said hit and miss. Like she she drew it out quite a few sentences, but to sum it up, she basically suggested that if you are a follower of her, you should send her your salary for the month of January. <laughs> Under the principle of first fruit, because God asked for the first fruit. He asked that you dedicate uh, the first sun. The uh, the first harvest was to be taken and uh, uh, sacrificed on the altar. It's the whole idea that the, the first part of whatever you produce, you give to God. And in this case, uh, Paula White. Yes. <laughs> I am a little flabbergasted that that is as successful as it is, which is also concerning. You know, also obviously a bit envious that I didn't have the the forethought to think of something like that. (laughs) But yeah, to parallel yourself to God like that and be like, yeah, of course. Well, she's not paralleling herself. She's saying, give it to me and then I'm going to give it to God. Don't worry about it. I got this covered. She said, I'm going to keep it. No, it's the whole prosperity gospel thing. It's like, you give the money to me, proving that is good for you because it's, it's, you know, buying into the, it's, it's seed money. For your success, ah, and to the church. It will, so it will, but it will come back on you like, ten times, yes. tenfold. Because I mean, just look at what it's done for her. Obviously, it works because she did this. Yes. <laughs> because all you shitbags <laughs> send her the money. <laughs> they great. <laughs> I, I cannot go ahead. believe how fucking dumb people are. <laughs> Uh, I mean, this gullible. is beyond just worshiping. I mean, like the whole accepting God and the Bible and all that stuff. That's pretty dumb, hmm. right? Then you add this extra layer of fucking stupid on top of that. Yeah, that's and they buy part. that. Because, and the, and the this, part that go ahead, uh, go ahead, yeah, go ahead. No, just the part that, and then on top of that, the people that are buying into this are in desperate need of the money they're giving away. In right. a lot of cases, these aren't rich people giving away their money. No. Being like, oh, it's Paula. She's been looking out for us for ages. Let's send her money. These are people that are so desperately poor, like they're hoping that this tenfold thing isn't a lie because why would religious folk lie to them just right. to steal from them? It's just amazing, though, like when they see the lifestyle that she's living, Ugh. you know? Well, that, the, the they're aspiring dr- to live like she yeah. lives. Yes. Do what she says and your life will turn out like her. Right. Well, in that case, they should all be starting prosperity churches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Instead, that. they will get a book, a devotional, and a 2018 Paula White calendar. That's yeah, your life. <laughs> Only $75 or more. Here's me at my first mansion. Here's <laughs> me at my second mansion. Right. Here's me on my yacht. Yeah. <laughs> With yeah. <a> perfect- <laughs> Here's With- me sleeping on all the money you sent me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> trying to think. I keep seeing commercials from this other. It's a, He's another famous 
gentleman who, yes, who does this, except he sends you uh, uh, like a little vial of miracle water. Oh, <laughs> but he's super blessed. And if you if you pray on it and then drink it, it'll give you super superpowers. Oh Jesus! I want to say, oh, it's a uh, pop off, Peter. Oh, Popoff. okay. Yeah. Uh, he'll send you. He'll send you water in exchange for tons and tons of money. Ugh. She actually threatens her people too. Yeah, I love that part. <laughs> yeah, I want you to. Well, yeah, because if you phone. don't do it right, you're going to be smited or something. Yeah. Oh, if God doesn't divinely step in and intervene, I don't know what you're going to face. He does, she said. But <laughs> she also later on said, "When you honor this principle, it provides a foundation structure for God's blessing." And blah blah blah. When you don't honor it, whether through ignorance or direct disobedience, there are consequences. <laughs> Divine consequences. Yeah. Wow. She is. And she's the one that goes to the White House weekly and whispers in Trump's ear a, a, a lot of this evil. Well, she's a nice, pretty blonde lady. Yeah, exactly. Yes, she's a pretty blonde lady that um, pays attention to him. Yeah. The dirty old man. care about any of these things that she says. They just talk about how they, how they rob the American people and how yeah. proud of themselves they are for doing it. By the way, people, if you're thinking about giving money to Paula White and you're afraid of the consequences, the consequences will be that you will pay your electric bill. (laughs) (laughs) That's the awful part. She actually thinks – I don't think she even considers that there are people in the world who need a monthly paycheck and can't afford to just give away money for the month of January. (laughs) Oh, come on. She knows. I don't know. You think she actually believes in this shit? It's a good question. Believes in her shit? No, no. way. No, right. well, I mean, no way. It, she it, knows it, exactly what she's doing. But it's all or nothing, though. I mean, she either has to believe she she either has to believe that it, it's a hundred percent true, or it's a complete and outright lie. There's no middle ground with this. I mean, you, she can't believe that. Well, God is up there and He's listening, and maybe it'll work because of the words she says. It's either got to be a hundred percent or zero. You know oh, what I mean? Sure. I'm absolutely sure that it's zero. She right. doesn't believe any of it. But what she does, I think she does believe that she may not be hurting people, that people wouldn't send oh. their whole January check unless they could afford to do that. I think included in the zero percent is not giving a shit about any of yeah. those people. Yeah, I think, yeah, you I think Ray, is, you... Ray is being really generous with the amount of morality that <laughs> Paula White has. Because <laughs> like, that's what I'm thinking about. Because I said I was envious, but the... Uh. The level of soulless villainy you have to be okay with to be Paula White yeah. is staggering. Like, staggering. Again, unless she is blessed with a level of ignorance from her upbringing, and maybe she has always existed with a silver spoon. But for anybody who's been even kind of poor for even the smallest amount of time has to know, you know, how far back. I mean, damn, being poor is a goddamn disease. And it is yeah. just, and she's just preying on them. Yeah. Preying on all of them. And I, I guess apparently she read one day that a fool and their money are soon parted and was like, yes, <laughs> that's my life. <laughs> yeah. Does she have a, is her backstory that she gave money to some church and then that's how she got to where she was? But she, <laughs> like, what is her backstory? And, and apparently all these people, since there's so many poor people and not so many rich people, these people are obviously not giving enough money, right? <laughs> that's how you. It, that's that's as, how you get rich. You give away money. <laughs> you know, like nobody goes to her. Like I'm sure she does, like big, like uh, mega church sermons and shit like that. And like nobody goes up there and been like, 
I've been giving to you for years and I'm riddled with cancer and my and my grandmother can't walk. Why is this not working? And Paula goes, well, you should probably give me more money. If they don't buy that, she can afford a lot of goons to escort you out. Oh. Rough you up a little bit on the way out. And and on the way out, tell you that it was your lack of faith that was the problem. Yep. Yep. All right. I looked a little bit into her background. All right. So her parents' marriage began to fail when she was around five years old. Her parents were separated and her father committed suicide. They were poor as hell. Her mother became an alcoholic. Um, she was sexually and physically abused between the ages of 6 and 13 by different people on different occasions. This is her story, but... Anyway, um, she battled with bulimia. So there is, at least she is telling a story of... Uh, overcoming hardship. Overcoming hardship, right. And if you're dirt poor... Did she and, overcome it by giving away all her money? No. No. Okay. No. I mean, if I think if you were that poor when you're that young and that abused, you kind of get a shell and you don't really care about other people. Yeah, for sure. So if that part is true, maybe that's... She's just so broken on the inside. She yeah. has a giant hole that she's trying to fill with money. With cash, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> lots and lots of cash. But yeah. also, how do you? How are you not uh, empathetic to people in that same situation, having lived through it, though? Yeah, uh, I, I, I guess. I guess there's just two ways of going about it. Yeah, right. You either you either get consumed by the void, or you try to rise above it. So now, our only friend in the world is. Equally cash. villainous, Donald Trump. <laughs> but it, yeah. and it doesn't say on there how she went from all that hardship to the church. Like, was she? Did she start out in a field and somewhere in middle of Texas with a with a tent? She converted to the Christianity at age eighteen, and the Lord gave her a vision. Uh. Oh, I don't believe any of this fucking story now. <laughs> no nope. manifestation right. of His Spirit. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Right. So, who knows? Who knows how much of that is true? But. A damaged person. Let's just go with that. Right. And if you would like to know, I was going to say, if you'd like to know how more about how she went from broken shell of a woman to prosperity pastor, uh, she is holding a weekend long seminar. It's fifteen hundred dollars a person. And she'll be happy to tell you, Jared. (laughs) (laughs) The other amazing part about that article to me was the uh, the person in the Senate who did the investigation in 2011 to see if there was any corrupt shit going on with this and in the end surmised that there was nothing wrong w- w- mm. <laughs> or they couldn't come up with anything. And it seems so clear cut that this is a scam. Oh, yeah. I mean, for one, hasn't the amazing Randy like busted like three of these guys already? All the time. Yeah. yeah, with by walking in with like a, a transmitter and reading <laughs> and hearing them speak into people's earpieces. Right. And uh, I mean, and John Oliver did that whole bit on it too, and started his own church that people were sending money to. Right? How do you? That's got to be a total payoff. But the guy who the investigation, yeah. How do you come up with nothing? Yeah, that was probably a total payoff. And I feel like even all those people that 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 Oliver and Randy and everybody has has busted, they're all still practicing, and no one was affected by it. Like they had to go like a little bit underground for like a year or three. But yeah, there were other consequences now. No. Yeah, the, I mean, the problem is they're not breaking any law. They're saying, right. hey, if you, if you give me money, God will give. Well, they're saying God will help you. They can't be held responsible if God didn't help you. Right. They're and not I, breaking any laws. Right. That's the thing. I mean, I mean, grassly, I mean they're not what, breaking what any. Yeah, they're not breaking any concrete laws, but they're. I mean, like, can't we just all be rational and go, well, this is wrong. Just stop. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Or, yeah, yeah. You and I or, can start a, or you and I can start a <laughs> prosperity ministry. 
Or you and I go train a donkey to be a kicker on a football team. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing in the rule books that say the kicker for Bama can't win a national championship. Yep. <laughs> and be a donkey. Oh, yeah, my God. You, you, you can't. But you can't, you can't make laws protecting people from themselves. Uh, there's plenty of laws like that. Well, yeah. I can't go out and do heroin in public if I wanted to. It's true. True. There's a reason in this. I'm going to say there's a reason in this country why we run 110 instead of 220 volt. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to wear a, a helmet in Pennsylvania. <laughs> no, you don't. No. I, I don't know. We have an inconsistent rule set we about do. protecting we people really from themselves. <laughs> we are really, really in the darkest timeline. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so there should there be a law against the Church of Scientology taking people's well, money? There should be a law against the Church of Scientology, period. Well, yeah. I, I don't know. It, the problem is, is you go wandering down this line of protecting people from themselves, and it gets difficult quickly. Yep. So education is the answer. Educate them about, okay, right, let's see what she's actually doing with her money. Let's talk about yeah. that. Or go, has anything changed in your life for the better? Right. Empirical ev evidence, this. yeah. You Logic know, is how, difficult to make an argument with. There was wh – who was the guy that you mentioned, Ian? The Peter something or other? Or? Peter Popovich. Is it? Pop, yeah. So wasn't he the guy that went in front of his parishioners and like on camera and said, I have a jet and I paid $20 million for it cash, mm -hmm. but – I needed another one, so I bought another one in cash, and they didn't react like the people there didn't. So he he yelled at them and said, "You need to cheer. You should be happy for me now." And then they all started cheering. <laughs> like he threw it in their face that he's right. using their money to buy private jets, and it it doesn't phase anyone. It didn't drive well, anyone off. No, no, it's because the whole pro prosperity gospel mantra is that just proves. That I am more successful in the eyes of God, and God is um, blessing me more. So mm. obviously, you have to emulate me. Let me help you emulate me by you giving me money. <laughs> and somehow, that last part, they're tricked into believing. I don't, I don't understand. It. I, no. it seems so crazy to me. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and unfortunately for me, there's so many unscrupulous televangelists that I don't mm. know the difference. I just more recently saw a Peter Popoff commercial where he wants you and he claims it's free but you know he wants your your personal information so he can bombard you with requests mm -hmm. for money and this is to get his free miracle water mm -hmm. <laughs> and what does the miracle water do whatever you need it to yeah probably <laughs> but he was definitely this guy who i'm talking about he was definitely one of the people who james randy debunked god it's probably been what 20 30 years at this point but oh god didn't slow him down yeah i assume since it's called miracle water mm-hmm <laughs> <laughs> that it does whatever whatever you need it to do. It's free. We, I just don't want to give him my information to get it. No. It's a trap. It's a trap. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> all right. I want to move on to uh, all the rest of the Trump stuff that happened this week and <laughs> mostly today, it seems. Uh, but first, yeah. I wanted to mention uh, Joe Arpaio, the famous sheriff from Arizona. Uh, he yeah. is back. He, it didn't take very long because Jeff Flake, who got in a whole lot of media for spouting off against Trump and right. saying that he wasn't going to run again. So his his senatorial seat is going to be open and Joe is going to be running. Sheriff Joe, 85 no year way. old, is going to be running for the Senate seat. Yep. I thought this was bullshit till I saw it on his Twitter feed. Mm -hmm. Again, now, this is another thing that fills me with mid levels of anxiety because. 
they're so like before you get to the red flags there's enough like casual yellow flags to stop me yeah like you lost me at 85 i don't know if that's ageist or inappropriate but i'm not putting an 85 year old man into a seat of power No, for six years. Like you, <laughs> you are lucky to be alive at eighty-five. Not you should be achieving new things at eighty-five. You need to just fucking chill and enjoy your pardon. Enjoy yeah. the time you're not spending in prison for all those fucking people you tortured. For all the <laughs> god damn all the it. cases you didn't investigate. Right. Well, did he actually get the pardon? Yes, yes. he did. Yes. He was pardoned. Absolutely. There was some confusion okay. it, uh, with his case because he got the pardon before he was actually convicted. But right, that's sentenced. what I thought. Like yeah. he can't, you can't, you can't even get pardoned, and he had to admit to the crime, right? Yes, he tried not to, but the, quietly he did, I guess. Oh, was, yeah. oh god! I don't even know why you wouldn't admit to it. He was very clear on the different things he said, and I quote: "Wetbacks, Mexican mm. bitches, fucking Mexicans, and stupid Mexicans." Mm. <laughs> When you are using that kind of language and then are accused of having your police discriminate against Mexicans, yeah. Yeah. I I don't see why you wouldn't just, you know, just say, yeah, that was me. I mean, (laughs) it's pretty obvious. Well, his argument, though, is that it shouldn't be illegal for him to do what he did. Doesn't matter that it was, it shouldn't be. And that was, and so he was going to do it. And that the, the law needed to catch up with him because he was right. <laughs> Can all the people who have ever smoked marijuana use that as an argument, please? Like <laughs> yeah, across I know. the country, this shouldn't be illegal. Yeah. Just as an aside, so I found out today that in California, any felony conviction for marijuana possession is being nullified and voided as quickly as they can right now. <laughs> the law, the law included, you're all forgiven. You have to go file some paperwork, and you're good. And then as they all file out, Jeff Sessions is going to file them all back in? <laughs> yeah, yeah probably. going to try. If he, he could. can't. No, he can't. There, there were state crimes. There's nothing oh, he can okay. do about it. You know? So he can just arrest them, re-arrest them for a federal crime? The next time they do something that he can prove, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. They've already been um, convicted of a crime in the state. You can't convict somebody again for the same crime. Right. Thank goodness. Otherwise, I'm sure he would. Just collect all those papers and refile them. <laughs> now, do you guys think that Joe Arpaio has any chance of winning? No. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Did Roy Moore? <laughs> yeah. Roy Moore lost by an inch. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I thought Arpaio was not voted in the last time he ran for sheriff. No, he wasn't. That I don't know. Here is the thing. As far as states go, mm. Arizona is so unpredictable. Like, they are so far from any state that I can put my finger on. I, like, I, I want to say that things are going so poorly that he will probably win. But, man, that state, I didn't even realize it was Jeff Flake's seat. When when they said there was a free seat in Arizona, I was like, oh, no, did uh, McCain bow out? Did mm-hmm. McCain, yeah, did McCain's health take a turn for the worse? Or? Well, well that might be happening, too. There might be yeah. two seats open in there because yeah. he's not doing so hot. He's not. I can't imagine he's... I mean, yeah, he's not doing well. I don't know why he's actually hanging on to his seat currently. Oh, right. He needs to bust up there and give some more dramatic thumbs down. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, really, he's he's not going to survive very long. I'm sorry, but he's not. Right. Right. That is is just the way it is. You are correct. So, I mean, who is the governor of uh, Arizona at the moment? Is he afraid that it's going to be a Democrat and the whole then Democrats will have control of the Senate? (laughs) It seems unlikely. 
that's something we'd have to look up. I assume okay. it's Sam Brownback. <laughs> <laughs> it is Doug Ducey, uh, who is Ducey. a Republican governor. All right, so he would he would appoint a Republican. So McCain should just go home and you know be with his family for Christ's sake. Right. Hmm. Yeah, but he has to confuse us by doing good things and then voting for shitty tax bills and being like, oh, we liked you for a hot minute there. McCain, now we hate you again. <laughs> well, it's, part of his, it's part of his charm. He shines yeah. for about 30 seconds, and then he burns out. You're like, God damn it, you're a POW. You're, you're an actual American <laughs> hero, but you voted for the you – know, Well, he, I mean, he is, he's been a roller coaster for 20 years, for more than that. I mean, ever since he hired that god-awful Moppet to be his vice presidential candidate. Yeah. He's a maverick. What do you want? <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> it's been – Thing after thing, up and down. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Again, and no one was surprised, but what a fucking train wreck slash just absolute hot mess that family has turned out to be. Fucking Palin's. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, didn't? Yeah, I just saw something about pictures of the husband getting beat up by the son. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Do you think Sarah Palin cracked that door open for Trump? Uh, In a way. I think she tried to to ride the Tea Party movement and that that then opened the way for Trump. Which was kind of like a populist thing, is what she did. Far-right populist. Kind of. Yeah. yeah. But, but not, it just, not just in the sense that, like, even the stupidest person, I mean, there were a lot of Sarah Palin supporters. Yeah. A lot of them. Well, she was, yeah. she's attractive. She's, you know, mom to a bunch of, a brood of children. She uh, adopted, I think, a kid or two. I don't know. No. No? No adoptions. No adoptions. Okay. Oh, she has a she's special had, needs kid. She's got daughters having daughters. Okay. <laughs> and she has a special needs kid. She's a, you know, gun-toting, Alaska, straight-shooting, pretty lady. So they obviously went, oh, pretty lady. That's nice. <laughs> I hear they get drunk at bars and try to fight people. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it all be surprised? Hmm. <laughs> all right. Everything else that I have relates back to one key feature. Fire the and Fury. <laughs> Fire and Fury by Michael Wolf. Oh, before you open that door. Yes. a few more times. Arpaio! There's so many things wrong with him. <laughs> I didn't even get past the fact that he was 85. I didn't get on to all the crimes that he has committed while as a sheriff. And mm. all the inmates and people that he, were, you know, that he tortured. And how obsessed he is with immigration and all the other cases that fell by the wayside. Because he just didn't have the extra resources because he needed to take care of those goddamn Mexicans. Oh. He's a shriveled up older Trump. Yeah, he's yeah. poor. He's a poorer yeah. Trump. Yeah, and he's gonna run for Senate. God, yeah. please don't vote for him. Don't vote for <laughs> him. Nothing. I would be shocked if he even does it. I know he said he's gonna do it, but you know, I'm 42, and you know, <laughs> I'm getting tired. 85. <laughs> forget. <laughs> I don't understand. You're 85 years old. Why do you feel the need to do this? Why? Because he probably he, thinks he can make money. Because he is a glory hound. Mm. He loves media attention. He thinks, and he thinks he's right. He thinks mm. what he thinks is the absolute pinnacle of understanding, and he he wants to push forward with that idea. All right. So on the zero to a hundred percent scale, he is a hundred percent believes in his arguments and is going to push it until he's dead. Oh yeah, absolutely. That yeah. is true. Yeah. Okay. I think he is just like Roy Moore in that respect. Mm. Roy Moore believes what he believes, and I think this guy's the same way. Wow, that's a that's scary. That's a, that's a amount of hate you have to live with on a day to day basis that <laughs> is not good for you. <laughs> 
Jesus. All right. We ready to move on? Fire and Fury? Can I get to it now? Yeah. (laughs) Yep. So this book came out, and I was curious, has anybody else watched the interviews with Michael Wolf? I've seen two of them now. Mm. Uh, Yes, I have. Okay. (laughs) So I watched the one with Don Lemon, and then I watched another one with Stephen Colbert later in the night. So I watched him on Morning Joe. Okay. And I saw him on Meet the Press with Chuck Todd. Wow. Oh, I didn't even know he was on Meet the Press. Okay. Was it Meet the Press? I don't know. Or maybe he just did an interview with Chuck Todd. Maybe it wasn't on Meet the Press. I don't know. So what is your opinion? Oh, he is the skeeviest of skeeviest <laughs> guys in the world. <laughs> I can't even look at his fucking face. No. It's that bad. He's like well, a human golem, I think. <laughs> yeah. I, he wrote... Well, you you go go you go first, okay? Well, I, I mean, I'm basing that a lot on his interviews, and then mm. there's a lot of talk out there that he's like kind of like a hack journalist, but like he gets things wrong. He's not the, the best, but he usually, you know, he gets the premise right. Yeah, well, <laughs> is what I'm hearing. Well, I mean, that's the the one point that he made is, is he is not a journalist. He he did not write this book as a journalist. He wrote this book as a an insider tell all. He's not using those words, but it was a gossipy insider, you know, peek behind the curtains and listen through the doors kind of book. It's not journalism. Right. And he's 100%. This is not journalism. So yeah, he, he even said he was writing a book. He was right. he was there as an author, not as a journalist, not as yeah, he, his goal was to write a book about what was going on. Now, he says that he would hear lies because he would hear different people saying different things mm. and he had to make a judgment as to which was more believable and he put the thing that was more believable in the book right and when i when he was on morning joe talking because he wrote about joe scarborough and mika brzezinski in the book hmm. oh i didn't hear that she, okay yeah and she brings up uh some of the the inaccuracies but the inaccuracies were stuff like this where she was like well, you attributed something that Ivanka Trump said, uh, but I actually said it. You know, she's like, I was at that dinner and I, and you were and he apparently he was there, too. So they're already proving that he was there. Right. <laughs> um, and she's like, but I'm the one who said that thing to Donald, not Ivanka. And he's like, oh, well, you know, I'm trying to remember these things. But, you know, I it was someone said it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's like shit like that. Yeah. The details didn't matter as much to him. Just the the feeling and the you know kind of the the hubbub going right. on in the building so i mean listen g- granted on what on what has happened to steve bannon <laughs> right i think most of this book is true right well and that's the conundrum that i keep finding in this that, that okay so steve bannon had to resign because of the things he said to wolf but everything that's in the book is a lie so why did he have to resign again right and steve came out and said Oh, I said those things about Paul Manafort, not not uh, Donald Trump Jr. And the president's the greatest guy in the world. And they're like, "Nope, fuck you, you're out." <laughs> yeah, Mercer's so, pulled the pulled the checkbook, put it back in the pocketbook. Right. Yeah. So, they, out. so if they obviously if believe the that case, he said those yeah. things, or why even put out a cease and desist letter? Yeah, exactly. Right. But if you Just, didn't, uh, if you don't know at this point, uh, Bannon has stepped down, as uh, Fox News put it, from uh, <laughs> from Breitbart, and it was basically because of all of the alt right, the right wing people pulling all their support of him. So he is no longer part of Breitbart. Well, the Mercers fund Breitbart, so <laughs> yes, exactly. They probably demanded, all right, no money, yeah. unless he's gone. Yeah, 
And also, it turns out, I did not know this, that Donald Trump Jr. is a darling of the alt-right. They love him. Why? So yeah, why, why uh, wouldn't fu- they? Why? Because he looks like Patrick Bateman from fucking American Psycho. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> okay. So, uh, he's not that bright. I guess that kind of fits, though. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He is a dream. <laughs> a couple of the things that the the White House has said. One, the book is complete fiction. It doesn't have anything to do with what's happening, except that it, it absolutely does. The mm. fact that the, the book has nothing to do with with reality, but the things that Bannon said in the book, that's why he has to, to be gone. Also, the fact that every this guy did not have access to everyone. He absolutely did not talk to everyone. He just made all this stuff up. Except for the fact that you also have uh, Sebastian Gorka, who specifically said, I was told I have to come talk to you. Here I am. Mm. I'm not going to t- tell you anything. So <laughs> he, we have he, Sebastian Gorka saying, I yeah. was told to come talk to you. And yet the, the White House is saying people weren't told to go talk to Wolf. And he said this recently, right? Yeah. 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 And Wolf says he has 200 hours of audio. Right. right. You know, which, oh, please release that. <laughs> <laughs> And I heard from some from some other podcasts I was listening to. They were talking about when you go to the White House as a reporter, if you're there for the day, you get a special gray pass that you're only allowed to go to certain areas. And then there's reporters that get these special blue passes, which means they can walk all over the place. They can go into the West Wing. They have, like, total access. And everybody kept saying they would see Michael Wolf with the blue pass. Mm. Right. And be like, how did he get the blue pass? You know, because it's like a big <laughs> coveted thing to have when you're in the press. His sure. story it's is fucking true. <laughs> his story is that he went to Trump and said because he, they keep saying, "Well, you never interviewed Trump." However, he was in the room a lot, and he said mm. he went to Trump and said, "Can I can I get permission to talk to everybody?" And they had this weird back and forth, and eventually Trump was like, "You know what? Go ahead." So he sent out an email that was then propagated by Kelly and Conway and uh, Reince Priebus and Steve Bannon that said. You need to go talk to Wolf, to everybody. And it was all because he liked the picture, a picture on the front of a book, a picture of Trump. So he showed him a picture of himself, and Trump went, oh, it's a good picture. I like you. <laughs> well, Michael Wolf also said that he'd spoke to him a lot before this when he was when they were both yeah. in New York. Yeah. You know? And then there's the whole thing about, like, I, I believe it was on, uh, it was when he was on with Chuck Todd, he was like, over the course of the time that I was there, I probably talked to the president a, a cumulative of three hours. And then Trump comes out and does his statement. He's like, he said he spoke to – he interviewed me for three hours. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys want to talk about that? That His, his response on how smart and, and – Oh, my God. <laughs> mental st- stable he is. But he's well, that, a stable genius? Yeah. He's, like, yeah. really smart. <laughs> yeah. He tweeted out, I'm, like, really a smart guy. Yeah. <laughs> he actually put like in there. So that came up, and that came up where, uh, which one was it? I think that was with Don Lemon. That came up that, uh, Wolf was talking about the, the fact that he would repeat things, that he wouldn't recognize people, that it, it just was very disturbing. He, and Don Lemon questioned him extensively about it. And his reaction was basically, well, Don asked, what, what makes you think that? That he's mentally not all there. And Wolf's response was, talk with him. Everyone that talks with him comes away and says, what the hell was that? Well, on on, uh, on Morning Joe, because as we know, Mika and Joe were good friends with Donald Trump for like 10 years. They said 
even before he was running for president, that he had the habit of repeating stories every 30 minutes. And, like, people would come up to him and be like, hey, I'm trying to get a job in the trunk organization. What should I do? And they're like, just wait. He repeats shit every 30 minutes. <laughs> um, he'll tell you the same story. And then they're saying – and then they're saying as it got closer to the election and he was and he was running in this net, he was repeating stories every 10 minutes. And then Michael Wolf's like, yeah, that's exactly what I saw. Yeah. <laughs> Now, I th- and that is a, that is, I hate to generalize, but that's an old person thing. They get yeah. stuck in loops of stories. And I think it happens more to older people than it does to younger people. I'm not quite sure why. I mean, my God, this I I I'm not gonna okay. So my mother tells a story about um the, the, every time that there's a thunderstorm coming across the Delaware Bay, it always dies out by the time it gets to the, the gets to where her house is in New Jersey. I'm like, <laughs> I've heard this. 85 times. I know this. <laughs> but, but she doesn't go- do it every 10 minutes. <laughs> she doesn't do it every 10 minutes. But every time there's been a thunderstorm in the last week, I got to hear about it. I'm like, ah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but it- <laughs> I'm <laughs> I'm I'm not sure listening to this. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm like, is Karen just airing some like personal (laughs) frustrations, or are we still on the show? (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) it's profane argument after dark. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, some of the highlight, other highlights from the book that I wanted to touch on uh, the campaign. The one thing that uh, Wolf said was that Trump never thought that he could beat Hillary Clinton; that Mm. it was just an advertising scheme. In one passage, he's, uh, Michael Flynn was quoted as telling friends that uh, taking money from the Russians for a speech was not a problem. It only it, it would only be a problem if Trump won. <laughs> so a lot Oops. of them didn't think that they were going to win, which no. we've already discussed in yeah. other episodes. Uh, Melania, on the day of uh, that he won, she, she was in tears and not of tears of joy. <laughs> well, I mean, she, she spent Poor the next Melania. couple of months in New York by herself, so uh, I believe it. In shock. <laughs> yeah. She didn't want to go to the White House. That was not in the plan at all. <laughs> yeah. I think one of the things that got me the most was he – there's a private living quarters for the, uh, for the, uh, for the family, for – the Trumps. And he has converted the living quarters into a secondary bedroom. And he put a lock on it. And he didn't want anyone else to have the key to it. Only one other person. And that other person was Ivanka. <laughs> like, he's paranoid, apparently paranoid about being poisoned. He doesn't want anybody to touch his toothbrush. There's a lot. Or sheets. Sheets. Yeah. 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 Clothes. <laughs> Don't, if, if there's a, a shirt on the floor, that's where he wants it. I mean, and also it goes into the eating at McDonald's because they wouldn't expect him to be there. Therefore, he could just order, uh, you know, a a cheeseburger and the cheeseburger would already be on the shelf. There was no chance of being poisoned there. Mm. And then he goes back and he eats it in bed with his three TVs set up so he can hate watch all the news. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Three televisions. This guy don't want to be fucking president. (laughs) No. I mean, the story's about how when he was told what his schedule would be, he's like, oh. No. <laughs> I'm I'm used to only having one or two meetings a day. Yeah. <laughs> they have executive time for him. Did you hear about that? Yeah. <laughs> what was where this? They have to, where like it was <laughs> he, like, he doesn't go to, he doesn't start work until about eleven o'clock. Before that is executive time, which he spends, you know, hate watching television again. Well, I guess in the mornings it's it's love watching Fox News and Fox and Friends, but then after lunch he has an hour of fifteen min- fifteen minutes of executive time again. <laughs> yeah. It's nappy time. Oh God! I know. Yeah, it's an unbelievable amount of in, insane topics. Right. 
covered and, in this book. Right. And I, I kind of, after watching a couple of interviews of, with Wolf, I'm kind of of the opinion that the specifics are not as important as kind of the, the, the general themes of the book. The general themes of the book are bad enough. I mean, you know, he goes to bed early. Is it 6.30? Who cares? He goes to bed early, eats cheeseburgers, and watches television all evening. Yeesh. Yeah. Six, Wish I could do that. 6.30 <laughs> was the time. If he wasn't having dinner with Steve Bannon, mm. then he was in bed with a cheeseburger. Wow. Yeah. Then I heard this whole thing about them about them uh, expecting to lose and everything like that. And when they won, they felt the needs they had to defend it. And that's why they were so fervent. Like, afterwards, they're like... We did it. We, you know, the people have spoken and blah, you know, all that shit we kept hearing. And we're like, why are they so like crazy about this? Cause right. like now they had to like back it up or they, or they felt that they made like that they were, everybody was rooting against them. Hmm. And now they have to play. And Trump's just the kind of guy that like, you know, like, oh, well, fuck. Now I gotta, you know, I can't, I gotta play this role altogether now. <laughs> well, I don't think, I don't, I, I would argue that he probably, when he, calmed down and thought about it and realized that he won, his ego took over. And he went, well, of course I could be president. I hadn't right, really that's considered what I was trying it to before. Spit out. Yeah. <laughs> his ego just went, all right, obviously I'm the best person to do this. I obviously am the smartest man in the room, every room I'm in. So let's go. Let's do this. And here we are. <laughs> I also wanted to mention the interview with uh, Jake Tapper had with Stephen Miller. Oh, Jesus. Everybody's, you- everybody's favorite obsequious <laughs> Trump supporter. <laughs> the new word. Yep. I was wondering. Yeah, of course that's where that word came into play. <laughs> but there was I another word a- along with it, though. What was it? An obsequious something else. Fa- fact- factotum. Factoid. Factotum. Yeah, something like that. An obsequious yeah. factotum. That was it. <laughs> so I found it amusing that the thing that really set Miller off was Tapper got him cornered. And what he got him cornered with was the fact that after... Bannon had left the White House, and it was when this book came out, Trump tweeted about Sloppy Steve and the fact that he was never really part of a big part of my presidency or my campaign. <laughs> and Tapper's like, do you, Stephen Miller, do you believe this? Here's a couple pieces of evidence saying there's no way that could possibly be true. Do you believe it? And Miller just started getting more and more irritated. And I really think that was the key because there there was no way that he could say that Trump was wrong in his tweet because he knew Trump would be watching. Sure. Absolutely. Miller had given his itinerary to Trump. And so he knew Trump would be watching. And Tapper knew Trump was watching. (laughs) Because uh, when he started getting really angry and, and spouting off at him... Tapper was like, look, I know you're only playing it up for one audience member. Yeah. I, I just, I found that whole situation interesting. But I thought- well, I'd heard, I had read somewhere or heard somewhere that Stephen Miller in no way, shape or form wanted to debate Jake Tapper. He just went to shout Because he down. probably knew, he, mm-hmm. yeah, because he knew he was going to lose. So his plan was to go in there and just filibuster the whole fucking thing and shit on CNN. And it was, oh, it was just so painful to watch. What a piece of, ch- what a twerp. What a little fucking like <laughs> sycophant kiss up twerp. Oh yeah, he he is he is yeah. His eyes are so dead. Like oh, I know. And the shit on Steve. Well, is it what he shit on Steve Bannon? Wasn't Steve Bannon like his mentor? Yeah, brought him in. Yeah, as soon as Tapper yeah. brought that up, Miller just immediately he started like chuckling, but he never addressed it. Mm-hmm. He acted yeah. like it was the funniest thing he'd ever heard, but never gave any information otherwise. Oh, just hearing him talk, he's like. 
There is no doubt in anybody's mind that he is the greatest president <laughs> in the world and the greatest man ever. He invented sliced bread and he went to the moon and he's my favorite guy ever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it was pretty bad. And it, it, Trump tweeted like ten minutes after it was over, saying how you know he destroyed Tapper. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he wasn't alone. The right wing media really went off on that. That uh, Stephen Miller completely uh, destroyed the Tapper interview. Oh please! <laughs> yeah, I mean, in the others, like I swear to God, Tapper just brushed his shoulder. He's like, "I'm done with you." Yeah, <laughs> just moved on. Not waste my I think time. you heard that he had to be escorted out of the out of the studio. Yeah, yeah. he refused. I, to leave. I read the transcript of that. Did you get to see this, Ian? Did you watch this? Um, some of it because okay. my parents' favorite and possibly only pastime <laughs> is to watch 24 hours a day of CNN and just just scream obscenities at their TV directed at Donald Trump. Like, that's all they do now that they're retired. They just watch CNN. My dad got banned from a make-your-own-t-shirt site because he kept submitting ideas that were uh, equating Trump with Hitler. And they were like, listen, we're not going to print that t-shirt. Listen, we're not going to print that t-shirt. And finally, they were like, I'm sorry, sir, we're gonna have to refuse all other orders from you in the future <laughs> like this is this is all they've got um so they were watching this but when i go to visit them i always have my son with me mm. so they have to tone it down about 90 percent. and sooner or later nick jr takes over the television so i started watching it when i saw you know when i saw Miller's shiny or smiling face i was like oh this is gonna be good and then uh it's gonna be know. inappropriate <laughs> Yeah, then all of a sudden I was watching Blaze and the Monster Machine. So, <laughs> you know, 50-50. Sure. I, well, I got to say, though, I mean, two minutes of the episode is the same as the other 18 minutes of the episode. It's just sure, Steve Miller shouting, sure. so. <laughs> I mean, I think the best part was Jake Tapper when he goes, "Calm, I need you to calm down, calm down. It's all right, calm down. <laughs> Steve Miller's like, <laughs> what is he, Cornholio? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was like... <laughs> So the very last thing that I wanted to bring up uh, just happened today. Feinstein, Feinstein, I don't know how you pronounce her name. I apologize. Diane. Diane Feinstein. Feinstein. For some reason that sounds, it shouldn't rhyme. I don't know. But in any case, Feinstein. Um, She released the transcript of... What's his name? Simpson, the guy who is in charge, who, basically the guy who's in charge of the company that funded the dossier, the famous dossier. Mm. She released the transcript, and that has caused a big stir because it proves, according to his testimony, that the dossier is not the reason the special investigation is taking place. Right. The FBI was investigating this based on stuff with with Papadopoulos and him talking to the Australian diplomat about Moscow having damaging information about Hillary. That investigation started before the dossier ever existed. Right. And the other piece of the puzzle, too, and the other reason that she released it was because the Republicans on the committee started going after Steele, after Christopher Steele. They were trying to get the FBI to investigate this, this man who was doing an investigative job. And because the Rep- the Republicans right now are going after anything they can related to this investigation. Yeah, they're so trying fu- to attack the people doing the investigation and attack right. their characters so that they can say that it's all bunk, that it's all biased. Right. 
So right, I think that's, I mean, that's the only way out of it. For the right. right. And I'm not, I, I mean, none of this is, is surprising. I don't think anybody, you know, other than uh, for entertainment value thought that, hmm. that anything serious was going to come of the, the P tape or the dossier. I thought that was just, you know, it's background data. <laughs> yeah. I really, I really assumed that this was all going to come down as all things do to financial malfeasance. Like that's money what, laundering. That's it's, what it's all about. It's always about financial movies because it's the easiest thing. Because yeah, you know, it always leaves a trail, and and it's it's definitive. There's no way around that. You right. know, there's no way to to slander your way out of that sort of charge. Right. That's exactly what Steve Bannon said about Trump. I mean, Paul Manafort. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's also well, there's also the cover. Follow the money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's a, it's about the money and the, the the all the laws they broke with the money and the cover yes. up to cover up those crimes. That's what it's going to go down to. But Mueller, you know, I keep hearing today that Mueller's thinking about interviewing Trump, right? <laughs> and it's and it's more about obstruction of justice than anything. Yeah, I thought about that. I'm wondering if um that I don't know that that story is coming out of Mueller's camp. I think that that story is coming out of Trump's lawyers' camp, and I think it's tr- I think they're trying to calm him down. They're like, well, the you know we want to set up an interview because that will be the indication of the end of the uh, investigation is when they interview you, and that'll be the end of it. So we're trying to get that set up now, so the investigation will be over. I don't know if the Mueller has mm. actually approached them yet. I don't know if he's ready. I think right. it might just be the lawyers trying to calm Trump down again because he's very angry at the moment. <laughs> Well, it's making America look really bad. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's yeah, it's our only saving grace. Yeah, not you tweeting about having a bigger button. Yeah, that's not the oh that's not the embarrassing part. No, not at all. <laughs> all right. The last thing I have about the White House, uh, I saw this just before we started. H.R. McMaster and Don McGahn might be leaving the White House. H.R. McMaster, the current National Security Advisor, and Don McGahn, the General Counsel uh, for the White House. Mm. This is a, a they're talking about it being a, a another White House exodus. Well, I mean, after the first year, there's always some that leave. Yeah, but the National I, Security Advisor and the yeah I, I, the new National Security right. Advisor is right. the second one already. I mean, I'm not at all surprised. He is always he surrounds himself with chaos, so it's got to be hell working there. It's not at all surprising, regardless of anything else. I'm not surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if the entire cabinet turned over every year at this point. I've had. Ugh, I mean, <laughs> McMaster leaving. I'm just like, oh, come on. We need. I mean, not that I like the guy, but we need stable people. We need adults. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, Stephen Miller's still there. Ugh. Who is <laughs> is he possibly going to get to fill these spaces? That's the other problem. Yeah. Do people who really want to spend thousands and thousands of dollars on attorneys because yeah. they're going to. Yeah. I don't know. Paul, uh, Sheriff Opio will be the next uh, <laughs> national security advisor. Yeah. Uh, and finally, do we have any comments about Oprah and her uh, her speech? Possible, according to her friends, running for president in 2020? Uh, Give me a fucking break. <laughs> <laughs> the speech for the Golden Globes was a very fine speech. No arguments with that. She's obviously not qualified to be president. Just stop what? it. What? <laughs> Based on What? What? Based on what makes her unqualified? <laughs> just because she has no political experience. <laughs> just, well, we just, can't have one of those guys in office, can we? Just because the uh, current... we didn't. Some other people did, <laughs> exactly. and we don't want them. <laughs> I don't want her there because she has no experience. That does not negate the fact that the current one has less experience than she does. 
significantly less. Significantly less. Oh, I mean, given the chance to choose, if I had to choose between the two of them. Oh, Oprah, every time. That's easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I already know. I already know that Karen wants someone quiet for the next president. <laughs> but I just love, though, how these these Trump supporters actually think that, I mean, unless I'm confused and there are people actually rallying behind this and want Oprah to run. I'm I sure there are. She's she, definitely not going to run. No. I take this run or this claim at running no more seriously than when they announced that uh, The Rock and Tom Hanks would run in 2020. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm still shooting for The Rock. So <laughs> I, I, the Rock has my vote. Come Seriously. Uh, <laughs> really? No. I would vote for The Rock. Well, I guess it depends on who he's running against. <laughs> I feel like he has even less qualifications than Oprah. Oh, I agree with you, too. But I feel The Rock would, would make Donald Trump feel... Small uh, and insignificant. Small. Yeah, like he could, like he could intimidate Donald Trump. <laughs> that would just by standing. That would be worth it to, just to see. Yeah. Could you imagine if they're doing a debate and he's pulling that walk behind you shit like he was doing the Hillary? <laughs> Rock would fucking body slam. <laughs> what about Jesse Ventura? Isn't did was no. he the governor no, of some insane. state somewhere? He's, he's off in, in crazy land. Uh, yeah, okay. he, right. he was he was trying for a little while, but he has gone totally crazy. I just feel like even though potentially lacking in political experience, even more intimidating than a rock would be someone who is a woman who is black and who has more money than him. Like <laughs> just absolutely that, that, destroying him on every level. But that would really rile up his base though. They could, they could get behind a rich black woman to hate. Right. That's fine. And they, they well, they're already riled up. They can't be unriled at this point. Hmm, but right. This, but you throw in their favorite wrestler from WWE. <laughs> Yeah. That's confusing. Right. What do I do? <laughs> the Rock was the people's champion, for God's sake. He is the people's champ. I did. I didn't consider that. Can we just have Tim Kaine? He's nice and quiet. No. <laughs> what, what? Oh God, no. No, please! <laughs> Damn it! Please. He's never winning. Uh, fine. <laughs> He's teaching Spanish at the Learning Annex in Virginia. <laughs> All right. The only other thing I would bring up about Oprah is her uh, her opinion on atheism was expressed in a couple of different places, and that by itself would worry me. She's way, way too – and it's just embedded into her, her personality, how she grew up. It's just mm. way too much for me. But um, again, put her up against Trump, it's an obvious choice. Oh, yeah. For sure. Any day. For sure. There, I, that's, I didn't realize that she had such a strong opposition to – atheism which is disappointing but i i think i think she would have some good qualities i think she's a very environmentally strong person which yeah. i would appreciate and it may be wow. very well with the atheist stuff that she would you know be able to listen to reason she seems like a reasonable intelligent person so yes. she wouldn't make laws working against us but she wouldn't make laws for us either right sure yeah she would have to be coaxed <laughs> yes and I, I would have no doubt that she would ha would not have trouble Finding the right people for the jobs, and because that's a large part of what being president is finding the finding good staff. Because you, you can't do it as a cult of personality, a la our current president. You need to have good people that know what they're doing and and can do the job well, not mm, the right. Betsy DeVosses of the world who are trying to destroy uh, the thing they're put in charge of. So yeah, you can't have Jared Kushner do everything. No, right? No, that's true. Yeah, but I'm with you. That that's uh, sorry. <laughs> the fact yeah. that he hired. The absolute antithesis of every position yes. for that position. Yeah, he's trying to hate fuck this country. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, Thanks, Mr. Garrison. <laughs> <laughs> 
So the last thing that uh, that I I wanted to say. Oh no, I just lost it. I just had a brain fart. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> nope. I think it's gone. All gone. Okay. Uh, All right. <laughs> then that was the last. Yeah. thing. <laughs> Does anybody have anything else they want to talk about? Nay. Yet. Nope. Okay. Oh, I just remembered. The last thing I wanted to say about Oprah. <laughs> Could we move away from idiocracy? Could we not have celebrities running for office right. anymore? <laughs> That's my Please. point. Yeah. I mean, if we we have this penchant for making our politicians into celebrities. We just need politicians. We don't need celebrity politicians. And some of them are okay because they've transitioned and they're, they're user celebrity status maybe, but they're no longer performers. I don't – Oprah is already – Queen of everything. She doesn't need to, to do this. She already sure. has a status. Oh, I can't wait until Beyonce starts to run. <laughs> all right. So I think that's all we've covered this week. Uh, if you enjoy the podcast, you can support it by sharing the podcast on social media or leaving reviews on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play. If you want to uh, contact us, you can do so on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash profanearg or tweet to us at profanearg. Also, please check out the soon to be named network, which we are a member, soon to be named network.com, other shows, podcasts devoted to uh, TV, movies, video games, anything you want to listen to. I want to thank everyone for listening. And until next time, I'm Ray. I'm Karen. I'm Jared. This is Ian. Thank you. Good night. And may your God go with you. Pretending or pushing I was in